This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 1. And we'll get there at the end of the message tonight. Okay, so you'll be very ready. We're in a series right now, and I have been breaking up messages, actually, because I don't want to be in a hurry. I do want to be clear. We're talking about Reformed theology. I want to give a biblical response to that, help you define what it is. Whether you've ever heard the term or whether you can define the term, it is defining Christendom today. Uh, Churches that you pass on a regular basis... Uh, This is probably, with a lot of them, their theological position. And I can share with you that in the majority of those churches, it is having a negative effect on the spirituality within the walls of that church. That's That's a very strong statement, but I stand behind it. Uh, And uh, as we go through this series, we're going to continue to give you biblical reasons why uh, you need to be aware. Especially with electronic media today, you can be listening to podcasts. Somebody may recommend a preacher to you, and it's subtle, but you could get drawn in. And in the end, it won't be a help. Probably. All right, and so we want to give a biblical response to this issue. And as we move through even the message tonight, you'll understand, I think, why it's so important. I started out a couple weeks ago just giving you some personal illustrations, some examples of things that have happened in my ministry. I shared one example, something that had happened in Pastor Cole's ministry, uh, where uh, this is very concerning to us. Last week, we defined some terms for you, I want to go back and review defining the terms. All right, first of all, dispensationalism. It's necessary for us to define this terminology. Dispensationalism or dispensational theology uh, teaches this that God has distinguishably different economies in government or in governing the affairs of the world. And so if we could take time again tonight, we could go back to the Old Testament. We could look at the time of Noah. We could even go back to the time of Adam and how God interacted with humans based on the amount of revelation that he had given to them. Now we know even before Adam and Eve left the Garden of Eden, there were some things that the Lord had already taught them about redemption, The shedding of blood, the first blood shed in the Bible, was God slaying animals to make coats for Adam and Eve, who now were in sin. But then you get to Noah's time. Uh, Noah was a preacher. And again, themes of redemption. Anyone could have climbed down that ark and been delivered. We know that the ark is... Uh, a picture of our salvation in Christ. Uh, The door is wide open to everyone 
But when that door closes, it's too late. But then as Noah gets off the ark, there's more revelation. We get to the time of the patriarchs, more revelation. And God, again, interacted. God didn't change who he was, but he interacted differently with men based on that revelation. And we could go on and on. And so governing the affairs of the world in these different economies. And of course, in Acts chapter 17 and verse 30 then, uh, we're told that the times of this ignorance, they didn't understand all that we understand because we are so blessed to have this book. But the times of this ignorance God winked at, he overlooked, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. So what does dispensational theology teach? What are its key components? I'll just review these quickly. Number one, a distinction is made between Israel and the church. God has a plan for Israel. He's got a plan for the church. Uh, There was a time in Christianity where people were tempted to think Well, God's done with Israel because there was no nation called Israel. There's a nation there today. Uh, Those who took all that God said in his word seriously, they weren't surprised. God's not done with Israel. Read the book of Revelation. He's not done with Israel. Okay? So that distinction is made. Number two, the distinction between Israel and the church is the result of a literal system of Bible interpretation okay so this is interpretation that again follows plain meaning doesn't allegorize doesn't spiritualize passages instead it speaks of real events and people unless the Lord tells us that he's speaking imagery the kingdom of heaven is like or John in the book of Revelation I saw something that was like all right Covenant theology spiritualizes the obvious and it strains at what is clear. At the end of the message tonight, I'm going to give you an example uh, that I think will help you understand it. Number three, dispensationalism declares that the ultimate purpose of God's work is to receive glory from man. The covenant of grace, God's work, for this time is not just about saving man. Now some covenant theologians understand this. Uh, their catechisms will state this, you know, that uh, God made us to worship him and enjoy him forever. So they, they speak about this, but we understand that salvation, redemption, uh, all of that was God's plan to restore man to a place where he could fulfill his original purpose, and that was to worship God and fellowship with him. All that God is doing is not ultimately about me or you. It's about him until all things are placed under his authority. So that's dispensational theology. We'll say more about that uh, later. But what about covenant theology? 
And again, there, I, I'm not suggesting that every covenant theologian, those who are following reformed thinking, that they're not suggesting that even most of them would be unsaved. Some are. Uh, or that they don't love the Lord and they're not walking with Him, or that they're not testimonies for Christ. All right? I'm not suggesting any of that. Uh, but there are basic tenets that, again, with covenant theology, create some real problems uh, biblically. So, let's look at the tenets of covenant theology. First of all, minimizes or ignores the distinction between Israel and the church. We've already talked about that. Number two, the truths in Scripture are allegorized or spiritualized. Again, uh, at the end of the message, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, covenant theologians believe in spiritual circumcision. You say, now wait a minute, I believe that too. Yes, if you understand what Paul was saying to the Galatians. And yet, in covenant theology, reformed theology, uh, there are aspects that think, well, God rejected Israel. He made the church spiritual Israel. And so, uh, just as in Israel, circumcision uh, brought a child into the covenant assembly, so infant baptism now brings them into the covenant assembly. So hold on to that thought. Then number three, a covenant theologian makes the overall purpose of God the salvation of man. Again, the emphasis on the covenant of grace. Instead of the overall purpose being God's glory, uh, and again, restore, salvation, restoring a man to the place or a woman to where they can worship the Lord. Now let me give a historical perspective on this. In an email... Uh, and I talked about a reform missionary a number of years ago that, that uh, no longer wanted to be sent out of our church. He had arrived at this new wonderful teaching. Okay. He made this statement. He said the pre-tribulation rapture was unheard of for uh, the first 1,800 years of church history. That's what he said to me. Now, I'm not going to get into... Uh, those who disagree about a pre-trib rapture, there are some that believe in a mid-trib rapture, and, and, uh, and I know that they can go to the Scripture and support uh, their view. That's, that's not primarily why I bring this up. Why I bring this up is I don't believe that what he said was true. Because the first 1,800 years of church history included the time of the apostles, and I know what they taught. I can read it in my Bible. Paul was preaching an imminent return of Christ, okay? But his argument, this missionary's argument was essentially, because it is new, at least in his thinking, it isn't reliable. So I'm going to come back around and I'm actually going to quote James Bear, who is a covenant theologian and he even disagrees with this, this gentleman. All right, here, here's what James Bear said. Of course, doctrines may be new and yet not untrue. 
He explains. We believe that the Holy Spirit can lead the church into new apprehensions of truth. Now, he's not suggesting that truth changes or that today there's new revelation. But the Holy Spirit can lead us to greater understandings of the truth he's already revealed to us. Again, and I'm quoting Bear, a doctrine may be new in the sense that it is the further development of a previously held doctrine. Or it may be new in the sense that it contradicts the previously held views. Even in the latter case, it may not be untrue, but certainly its validity must be subjected to a much more searching scrutiny. He is exactly right. Now, let me, let me just give a simple uh, example of this. And I hope that there's consensus in this room about it. Have you ever been studying your Bible and saw something and had to hit the brakes? Wow. And I've read my Bible through this many times. I need to look at that. And as I studied that, it's like the Lord turned the light on. Now, is it new truth? No, it's been there a long time. But God, through his spirit, again, the spirit leads us into truth. He shows us. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have ever heard a message preached and, and during that message you're like, light bulb moment. Wow! How, how did I not know that? And again, it's not because they're teaching some new thing. That's negative, you know. Uh, those that gathered at Mars Hill in Athens, they, they wanted to come and see if Paul had something new to say. I'm not talking about that. But God continues to grow our understanding of truth. Covenant theologians would say that dispensationalism didn't become popular until the publication of the Schofield Bible. And men like Dwight Pentecost and others, when they began to espouse this system of theology. But again, I would submit to you that organized covenant theology didn't come about until the early 1500s with the Reformers. And remember, again, that system was based on a group of converted Catholic priests who now we're seeing that you come to Christ and illumination happens. God turns the light on. And now they start seeing from the scriptures what it really teaches with Catholic tradition aside. And they start seeing it, you know, it was a good thing Luther was sitting, around, sitting down when he read that the just shall live by faith. What? After I've worked so hard, literally Luther would beat his back bloody to try to appease God so that he could get into heaven. We know that about his life. And so you had men who had already studied theology, who were embedded in the traditions of the church, and without any other help, they just needed the Holy Spirit, uh, but, 
but, but they're trying to put things together and they're having to undo everything that they thought they knew. There's a lot of truth that they embraced. But there were, there were some things they didn't have the courage to say no to. And so they, they, grace became an important doctrine. It's important to us. But there's a lot more in the Bible than just teaching on grace. All right. So let's go into the conclusion tonight. Okay. Again, I want to quote James Bear. Uh, I'm sorry, Reynolds Showers. Let me, let me quote him. Here's what he says in his book, There Really Is a Difference. We've highlighted that in our bookstore. I, I don't know if there are copies of it still there, but you ought to have a copy. Here's what Showers says. By the way, he's with Friends of Israel. They are very dispensational. I appreciate uh, their stand there. But, but Shower says this, within the last three to four hundred years, Bible-believing scholars have developed two distinct approaches to exposition, or expositing, rather, the Bible's philosophy of history. I'm just going to pause. What is history? It is his story. It's what God is doing here on earth. Okay? So, how God has interacted with man through time, the Bible's philosophy of history. Each approach has produced a system of theology. We've mentioned those tonight, covenant theology or dispensational theology. Now, I believe personally that covenant theology is beholden, beholden to entrapments from the Reformation era. For example, the system teaches, it's just an example, that children of believing parents are also in the covenant of grace as the common covenant blessings are concerned. Now again, I am quoting there Burkhoff who wrote a book, Systematic Theology, um, and he's, he's expounding covenant theology. Now, what is he saying? Well, here's what he's saying. Unsaved children of Christians who have not reached the age of discernment or accountability receive a special ministry of the Holy Spirit as he enlightens, convicts of sin, and gives favored grace. Let me ask you a question. Did you ever see in your Bible a place where the children of Christians receive extra special grace because their parents are under the covenant of grace. Now, you know, we had 11. I so wish this was true. It's not. They go from the womb speaking lies. Somebody said, I think it was one of the Tripp brothers, it's so good that God made them little or they'd kill all of us. All right, so what, what this is saying, listen carefully, two extremes. Child baptism for salvation. We have them sprinkled, poured, whatever, to bring them into the covenant community. 
Or the other extreme is there's special protection until salvation. Now, I think there's a little bit of truth to that because Christian parents should be praying for God to work in the hearts of their kids to protect them from this world, bring them to salvation. All right, when parents dedicate their children to the Lord, and this has nothing to do with the covenant of grace. When they dedicate their children to the Lord, they're giving them to the Lord. They're going to pray that those children come to Christ and so on. But child baptism for salvation or special protection until salvation, these are both extra-biblical concepts. And by the way, anything extra-biblical is unbiblical. Don't add to, don't take from the scriptures. God said that. So what happens if a young person never does receive Christ, if they never enter the covenant life, to use their terminology? Well, again, Louis Burkhoff, quote, He is nevertheless regarded as a member of the covenant. As long as the children of the covenant do not reveal the contrary, in other words, deny covenant teaching, he shall have to... I'm sorry, we shall have to proceed on the assumption that they are in possession of the covenant life. End quote. Well, they haven't denied the faith. They must be in the faith. Mm. That's a problem. Or... And again, my father was raised in a Reformed church. My dad was full-blooded German. I've told you that. He was raised German congregational. Baptized as a baby. And then he had to give verbal assent to the church's teachings as a 12-year-old at confirmation. And do you know what everybody in that church thought? Good to go. My dad would tell you, lost as can be. It wasn't until the gospel was presented to my mom and dad before they were my mom and dad in a pastor's office and they prayed, admitted to God they were sinners and received Jesus Christ as their Savior. My dad went back to that Reformed church and said, "Why?" asked the pastor, why didn't you ever tell us about this? Why didn't you ever preach this? He said the pastor didn't have any answers. He, he just didn't even, simply didn't know. So my dad said, take my name off the membership roll here. And you've got to remember that this little country church, I grew up in that little town on a farm just a country mile from the farm my dad grew up on. Generations of Ashers had grown up in that area. So it was a big deal getting your name off that church roll. By way of testimony, when my grandmother died, and I believe that my grandmother did come to Christ later through my father's witness, I got to stand in front of that congregation in that Reformed church, and I got to preach the gospel. Tell you what, that's God. All right. Now, let me, let me just... 
I hadn't intended to do this, but let me share the rest of the story. All right, Seward, Illinois. Three miles west is another little country town, forested. And in that little town, there was a Reformed church. I mean, it was actually in the name. They were looking for a pastor, and they got a pastor. This guy wasn't Reformed, but he didn't tell anybody. He started preaching the gospel in that little country church. And my dad had an uncle, Dwight, who got saved in that church. And, and his aunt got saved in that church. That congregation started to come to Christ and it changed that whole town. Long story short, so today, uh, my great uncle, Dwight, uh, he had two boys, one of them... One of those guys is a preacher, just retired, Kankakee, Illinois. My dad, two boys, both preachers. And so where there was deadness, God's grace, the right way, did abound. Souls were saved, and God, out of that, those small country communities, uh, northern Illinois, God started to save preachers. And uh, what a testimony what God can do. So listen to our statement of faith in the Good News Baptist Church Constitution. This is on page two. We have a section in there called dispensationalism. We believe that the scriptures interpreted in their natural literal sense reveal divinely determined dispensations or rules of life which define man's responsibilities in successive ages. These dispensations are not always uh, I'm sorry. These dispensations are not ways to salvation. Let me just stop there. People didn't get saved differently in different economies or dispensations. To be very simple, in the Old Testament, they were looking ahead to the coming Messiah. But they understood through the law of Moses that blood needed to be shed for the covering of sin. Did Abraham understand a Messiah was coming? Absolutely. Abraham, through you, all nations of the earth will be blessed. Did they have the record of what God told Adam back in the garden? Through the seed of the woman, salvation would be provided. Absolutely. We saw in Hebrews, and this has probably been a year or two ago, where Moses left Egypt because he understood about Messiah. Messiah was going to come through Israel. They needed to get out of Egypt. And I could go on and on. Did David have anything to say about Messiah in the Psalms? Oh, yes, he did. How about the prophets? Ever heard of a guy named Isaiah? Yeah. Now, did they understand everything completely? No, the scripture tells us these are things they desired to look into. Now, certainly when they got to heaven, all those questions got answered. But now we have the privilege of looking back. It all pointed to Jesus. Jesus became our salvation. The God-man went to a cross, died, shed his blood, rose again. There's only one name under heaven now whereby we must be saved. 
Okay. So, not different ways to salvation, but here's what our documents say. But rather are divinely ordered stewardships by which God directs man according to his purpose. Three of these dispensations, and by the way, dispensationalists vary on how many, three, five, whatever. Okay. But these three dispensations, the law, the church, and then the kingdom, reference to the millennium, and then beyond, are the subjects of detailed revelation in Scripture. I, I almost wish we had highlighted that word detail. All the details in Scripture are on purpose. God gave us those details. And, and then after these statements, there are several helpful scripture passages listed, but I want to focus on just one, and then we're done. I want, to, I want to get you out of here. Ephesians 1, look at verse 10. So what it says, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, so maybe even in the margin of your Bible, all right, dispensation, fullness of times, he, God, might gather together in one all things in Christ, through Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Now, Albert Barnes, in his commentary, he does as, as good a job as anybody explaining these terms. Dispensation means the management of household affairs. They would use that Greek word in Greek times to just talk about how things were governed in an estate or in a home. Okay? The management of household affairs. It also meant stewardship or administration. The meaning here is that this plan was formed by God in order that he might gather together in one all things under Christ. Now, when would he do that? In the fullness of, not time, what? Times, periods of time, dispensations, when the times were fully completed, when all the periods should have passed by which he had prescribed or judged necessary to the completion of the object. And what was God's object? Everything being subject to Christ ultimately for his glory. I'll just read verses 11 and 12 without comment. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. That's eternal. Being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. That we should be to the praise of his glory. There it is. Circle it. No, you don't have to circle it. But there it is. Who first trusted in who? Christ, Messiah. All right. Now, there is one little word in there. Predestinated. <gasps> if you read on in Ephesians, you're going to read another word. Election. <gasps> Do you know those are biblical doctrines? But those doctrines have to be put in the light of everything else your Bible says. Jesus did not just die for the elect. 
Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God is not slack concerning his promise. Oh, but I think he just died for the elect. No, 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 stop. He's not slack. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. World means world. Now, guess what? When we all get to heaven, we'll be with the elect. That's God's business. That's not my business. I am to go out and preach the gospel to every creature. And like Brother Terry had happen today, someone got saved. Guess what else happened? He discovered who one of the elect were. That's God's business. He was doing his business. For God. But if we get all wrapped up in this, and I could say more about covenant theology, reform theology. Some of you have studied this, know if you've read these guys, some of them are really smart, really far smarter than me. And by the way, they think they're smart too. Not all of them. Some of them are humble servants of the Lord, but some of them. You know, they, they look at us dispensational Baptists as, you know, if you guys would ever just kind of wake up, you, you know, then you could rise to the level where I'm at. I don't ever want to get to the level you're at unless you're more like Jesus. All right. So, y'all come back. We're going to keep studying this. But I hope it's a help to us Again, brothers and sisters in Christ that follow a different theological uh, way of thinking, they're not the enemy as long as they believe the gospel and are telling others the gospel. When they've stopped telling others the gospel because of some theological system, they're in disobedience, out of the will of God, and they're no help to the cause. May God protect us from ever being there. Let's stand together. Father, thank you for the time together tonight. Lord, I, I want to be clear, not, not critical, but Lord, we do have to expose that which causes us not to be faithful ambassadors and soul winners. And so Lord, help us to love you so that we love souls and Lord continue to teach us protect us we pray in Jesus name Amen Thank you for listening If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241 we trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.